0: Hey everybody welcome to another episode of Almighty podcast
1: I am here i'm I'm ready to talk about these episodes man I've been uh pretty anxious and excited to talk about these I've uh done a couple of almighty slash my heroy things in the last couple of weeks um, oh yeah
0: tell me about them man so uh,
1: I bought uh, an an almighty podcast t-shirt oh um, yeah that's
0: right you can get those on our uh, Spreadshirt.
1: Yeah, I am, I am pretty excited about that. I can't wait for mine to come in. I have no idea when. It'll just be a pleasant surprise when it hits my door. Awesome,
0: awesome. Yeah, you can check those out at uh, backpationetwork.com slash shop. Those are going to be there.
1: I also was uh, kindly sent some Almighty Podcast stickers that I have uh, decorated my car and guitar cases with. Oh,
0: yeah, I think I know the guy that sent you those.
1: Yeah, he, he's all right. He's all right. Yeah, he's, okay. he's looking out he's for me. He's a okay guy. And the last thing is, I decided, and I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier on, but uh, I decided to go ahead and start picking up the manga and trying to follow along, kind of reading where it is that we're at in the series. And, oh, wow. Uh, just, that's really cool. Just to see how they stack up and compare. So interestingly enough, we're, we're talking about episodes 18 and 19 today, and that doesn't even put us all the way through volume four of the manga. It's only like 32-ish chapters of uh, of the actual manga. So it's... the episodes of the show obviously eat up a lot more ground than the manga does
0: yeah it sounds like it aren't didn't they just release volume like 240 something in the manga
1: it, yeah it might the chapters might be that high i think there's i don't know 17 or 18 volumes out already um maybe even wow. more than that
0: so they're certainly a couple of uh <laughs> a little bit further ahead than the show is
1: for sure yeah we've I, I mean it was it was good to know because it means that this podcast has some staying power
0: absolutely yeah well and we know that they got reviewed or renewed for season four so we're waiting on that which is awesome
1: yeah and that there's a movie out that we're excited to get to review uh, possibly between seasons two and season three is is that what is that what you said it when it came out? yeah
0: i believe that so i think it's about to come out and it takes place
1: canonically between
0: uh, season two and three is my understanding
1: (laughs) okay and let's not forget maybe the most exciting piece of news to come out of my hero fandom recently Do you remember what it is I don't. There's a musical out now.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I posted about that in our Discord.
1: That's right. That's Uh, how I found out about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was pretty crazy. That was kind of a nice little fun surprise. I I happened to notice that online. I think I was actually on the uh, Boko No Hero Academia subreddit when I saw that. And I was really shocked. Like That didn't seem like, um, I guess, a musical that I was expecting. But it looks fun.
1: Well, and I am not uh, a fan of musicals in general, but... You know, if it's for the pod, I'll do it for the pod.
0: That's fair. That's fair. See, I actually like musicals, so I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. Um, I'll tell you, I would love to see uh, Avatar The Last Airbender in some sort of musical format. I know that
1: sounds silly, but I think that'd be a lot of fun. It seems crazy to me that that hasn't been done. Are you sure that hasn't been done?
0: I'm not 100% sure. I know I've seen the Naruto musical, which is kind of fun. I like that one quite
1: a bit. Okay. Well, so. needless to say, I, I think that we've got some fun things coming down the pipe for the podcast with, uh, a, you know, a certain, certain measure of longevity. There are some cool things going on uh, with and for the podcast right now, like the Discord Definitely. community and T-shirts and stickers. It's all pretty cool. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's all coming together, man. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, so. Let's let's get into this, dude. Let's talk about episodes eighteen and nineteen. We've we've been uh, not recording now for like what? It's been a week or two since we got a chance to talk, really.
1: Yeah, we've both been a little bit busy. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I did not watch episodes eighteen and nineteen until literally today, uh, the day that we're oh, recording. Wow. Uh, I, I was <laughs> I was that measured of busy, um, but I also like playing it pretty close. That means that uh, you know what you're what you're getting is my freshest reactions to these uh, these episodes, which I. I I'm I'm trying to keep uh that the the MO of approaching these episodes and talking about them.
0: Yeah, I normally watch the episodes right after we get done recording and then I rewatch them normally about an hour or two before we show up to record so they're they're definitely fresh in my mind as well. These were some pretty good ones. Uh it it actually kind of makes me wonder if we should watch three episodes at a time and I I only say that because I feel like we consistently land in the middle of these story arcs. (laughs) And so like episode 18 was kind of the finishing episode for 16 and 17. You know what I mean? That's true. And then 19 started kind of a new arc. So I'm not saying I want to switch up our format just quite yet, but at the moment it seems like they happen to kind of have these three episode story arcs.
1: Yeah. But I also kind of dig the cliffhangers. It means that we've, we've definitely got something to look forward to. And you know, there, there is no, there's a, there's a very, distinct sense of resolution between uh, episodes 18 of the show and episodes 19, like you say, that the cavalry battle is is over with and that we're just anticipating what comes next. But I like kind of still being on the edge of my seat between our recordings as well.
0: That's true. That's very true. Well, I'll tell you, I was definitely at the edge of my seat at the end of last recording because we know that Midoriya and Todoroki are going to have to fight at some point. And we kind of get to see a little bit of that in episodes 18, um, you know, right off the bat. We see Team Todoroki trying to go right after Midoriya's Cavalry group. I mean, they're not they're not wasting any time going after these guys.
1: No, not at all because they know that if they get Midoriya's headband then they win as so long right. as they can keep it. I mean, why wouldn't you go after Midoriya? Everybody went after him right at the, you know, at the bang of the gun for go, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was definitely the target for sure. Uh, And it's pretty awesome because we actually get to see quite a bit of new quirks in general uh, in this episode. Uh, But let's kind of talk a little bit about the tactics that Team Todoroki is using, kind of versus what Team Midoriya is doing. So, remind me again Team Midoriya was uh, Midoriya, and then you've got Mai or Mei, is what I think her name is. Yeah, she's from the support
1: class. Yep.
0: And then, of course, you've got Ochako and you've got uh, Tokoyami. Yes. And then on Team Todoroki, obviously you've got Todoroki as kind of the, what would you call him, the horseman, I guess?
1: Yeah, he's the cavalryman, I guess might be the, uh, the, yeah, the rider. The
0: rider, yeah. And then you've got uh, Tinya, who is doing an awesome job in this episode. Uh, And then who are the other members on Team Todoroki? Kirishima? Momo Momo, and and
1: Kaminari.
0: Kaminari, that's right. I get the Kirishima and Kaminari mixed up quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I think it was just those, that's four people, right, Tinya. Momo, Kaminari. Yeah, I think that's right. That's four. Yeah, and if we forgot him, then obviously they didn't pull
0: their weight. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're going after each other, and it's pretty awesome because, uh, you know, they're getting down to the line. There's like, what, 60 seconds left on the clock whenever Todoroki finally makes it up to Midoriya. Uh, Midoriya can't get away because they've messed up their jetpack, so they're kind of... Uh, they're also, like, at the boundary lines, I guess. So they have nowhere to go because Todoroki has frozen them into this, like, awesome little kind of siloed-off area, and he teamed up with Kiminari to basically, like, electrify everybody. So, Kiminari electrifies everybody, Momo uses this, like, grounding rod to keep them from getting shocked, and then whoever didn't get knocked out by the shock gets frozen by Todoroki. It was perfect planning, really.
1: Yeah, and I think that Aizawa even points out that this is really this was an evolution of Todoroki's tactics because Todoroki during the uh, the obstacle course tried to freeze everybody, but he, he noticed he saw that there were some people who were able to either mitigate that through their powers or just avoid them through their mobility. Um, so he uses Kaminari shocks to, I mean, freeze everybody physically before freezing them actually, which is which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I definitely thought that was a pretty cool measure. Uh and then he uses the I guess grounding rod that Momo's created to keep them from being shocked to actually freeze everyone else. Like through the ground it looked like it was it was pretty
1: wicked. I definitely recall a rod and I didn't think about it as a grounding rod at all. The last time that this this kind of a combination of powers between Kaminari and Momo was used. They used like an insulated blanket, and so I would—I guess my head—that's what they did. But that grounding rod makes a whole lot more sense of what I saw with my eyes instead of what I thought about with my mind.
0: Yeah, it was pretty quick thinking on Momo's end, but I guess she's teamed up with him before, so maybe she kind of has a good grasp on how to work with him.
1: Yeah, and I wondered too. I mean, obviously we we know the resolution of this now, but in the moment, I was like, how often can they? rely upon Kamenari to expel that much energy because we know that if he does it too much or too long that he turns into an idiot. But at least, but Momo on that team at least knows about that because she was there in the, um, uh, in the, shoot, what was the name of that place? ULJ, USJ, UNJ? It was the same as Universal Studios Japan, so USJ. Okay.
0: Because I just, I remember them making that very clear distinction that it was like Universal Studios of Japan, you know?
1: Yeah, so at least Momo knows about that about his about Kaminari being devolved into an idiot if he uses too much power because she was there uh, at the USJ when when they pulled that insulating blanket trick.
0: Right, but he didn't actually kind of go crazy this time. Like he was able to handle his powers. Now we do see he ends up shocking one more time, I think, and he kind of loses it all. Yeah, which yeah, was which great. Is great. I love that, like, he's become one of my favorite characters because he just, he blasts, like, all of his power at once, he dumps all of his eggs into one basket, and then he walks around like an idiot the rest of the day. <laughs> I love it, right. I think he's so funny. Um, so, they attack, and it was really neat because Midoriya is like, okay, well, we're going to have to defend against this, uh, and so he goes to fire up one for all, and as he does, you know, Todoroki and him smash into each other, like, he's, they, I guess he's kind of trying to keep Todoroki away, uh, he's not trying to hurt him, but Todoroki recognizes the power, and not only does he recognize it, he uses his fire powers to kind of knock away the attack, which really throws him off, because now he's like, well, like I shouldn't have done that, I was caught up in the moment, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and this is kind of interesting to kind of backtrack just a just a hair before that moment goes on, is there's this discussion between Tokoyami and Midoriya. Where Midoriya is trying to figure out how are we going, how are we going to stay on the defensive or mountain offense based on how this field has fallen out, especially with, um, you know, Kaminari and uh, Todoroki doing as they did. And Tokoyami is the the guy that has that dark raven shadowy thing. Yeah, I think he just calls it dark shadow. Okay. So Midoriya's plan for Tokoyami involved a measure of offense um, instead of just defense. but. Tokoyami says something like he's against violence um, or or the shadow is against violence, something like that. He makes it sound like he he's not really an offensive kind of guy, which gives uh, it's a new hurdle, right? That there's not just something for Midoriya to think through in this moment, but also something for Tokoyami to possibly have to overcome. And I I really like that because it made it feel like the show is more than just about Midoriya. And, you know, as, as things will progress narratively in this episode and the next, um, even it will the show will feel even more about not just Midoriya, that that these other characters have stories that are powerful and meaningful and and interesting and weighted. So I I just like those small little moments like that.
0: Definitely, yeah. Like It seems like this season is going to be the season where Midoriya is not really the main character. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do have a question for you. Are you watching this in the Japanese version still? Yes. Okay, so that's funny because in the English version, uh, whenever they kind of have this flashback to where they're talking to Tokuyami about his powers, uh, he makes a mention that he they're really lucky uh, that it was, I guess, sunlight outside instead of nighttime because whenever Kirishima is able to hit them with this electric blast, Tokoyami is able to kind of deflect it. And then in the the background, or not the background, I guess, but like uh, in the back scene where it kind of shows them before the fight happens, he makes a mention that at nighttime, he can't control the dark shadow as much because it's really hostile and it's like on the offensive. But during the daytime, it's very defensive and it's very shy. So it's really hard to control. And more than likely, he won't be able to be offensive during the day. So it's funny that for you for like yours, it's it was more along the lines of like, oh well, he's just defensive. He's not an offensive kind of person. But then in the English, it sounds like there's almost two versions of him.
1: Yeah, they they did they did talk about that uh, in the in the Japanese uh, subtitled as well. The the dark shadow is weaker but more controlled in the daylight, but a lot stronger but more unwieldy when it's dark. Right. So yeah, they they did cover that. Okay, very cool. So they covered it. It's just uh, they they worded it just a little bit differently. It sounds like. Yeah, and then you have, I think, doesn't doesn't Ida do his crazy move before um, the, the, the clash between Midoriya and Todoroki?
0: No, I think it's like right after, because the way that I remember it is Todoroki is about to attack, and that's when, sorry, uh, Midoriya is about to attack, like I guess kind of drive off Todoroki, and when he does, Todoroki uses his fire, and then they kind of back off a little bit. And then that's when I, uh, Ida is like, "Okay, well, I've got one last thing. Uh, it's going to take me out of the fight, but I can get you close again." And they he tells Todoroki like, "Be ready to pull off his his headband." Then Ida powers up and he does his super move, which he calls Torque Over, and he p- appears like right behind Midoriya, and Todoroki has the headband in his hand.
1: The headband, the ten million point headband.
0: Yeah, the ten million point headband.
1: It was pretty crazy. Well, hold on. I thought that uh, I thought that Ida used his special move before that that kind of clash between Midoriya and Todoroki. Did I misremember that?
0: No, no, you were totally right. That was uh, that's my bad. I've got these just to mix up a little bit. You are correct. Uh, Ida is actually they're about to face off with Midoriya. They've already got everybody shocked and frozen and he tells them like, "Okay, there's not a lot of time left. I am going to get you guys behind uh, Midoriya. Just hold on and Todoroki be prepared to grab that headband. And then he like powers up and he screams "Torque over!" and he appears almost immediately behind Midoriya. I guess he probably. Well, we've clocked him at 32 miles per hour previously, haven't we?
1: I think so. So it's super fast. I would.
0: Yeah, it's super fast. I would assume just how quick he he ran in this episode, he probably was going 60 miles per hour, like off the bat, like zero to 60 in like 0.5 seconds.
1: It was fast, faster enough. That present Mike wonders where that speed came from. Like it was visibly so much faster. He was like, Why in the world didn't he use that in the obstacle course? And we learned that it's because this power has a little bit of a cooldown and is extremely taxing. So Ida didn't want to like pop that in the obstacle uh, course. Uh, and he kind of
0: kept it a secret from
1: everybody, too. Yeah. Nobody knew about it. Nobody.
0: Yeah. And he's really proud about that. And I was, that was kind of shocking because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that keeps secrets.
1: Yeah. He seems like, you know, and everything on the table because, you know, I'm I'm doing this for my family.
0: Yeah, like, he's he's very heroic, uh, and I feel like he follows the kind of, like, hero formula, which seems like everything's always out on the table, so that was kind of interesting. And then, of course, you know, once Ida powers up and gets over behind Midoriya, we see that Todoroki has grabbed the million-point headband and throws it on, so now they're in first place, and Midoriya doesn't have anything at all,
1: right? Yep, zero points. He so joins was- most of the rest of the field in that regard.
0: Yeah, because I think it's just the top four are actually going to be the only ones that make it through, right? Correct. Yeah. So what, you know, that was pretty cool that we get to see Ida's like secret hero hidden powers, uh, but we also get to see quite a bit of other powers in this episode. And in fact, we get to see Minoma's powers, which were pretty neat.
1: Yeah. So Minoma was the guy that's kind of antagonizing Bakugo at the end of last episode, and and
0: that only revs up in this episode too.
1: Yeah. I mean, because Minoma ends up in the possession of a lot of other teams' headbands. Uh, and we don't really know how until this episode uh, where it is revealed that he, his quirk allows him to copy other people's quirks.
0: Yeah, and it was really neat because you get a pretty awesome scene where Bakugo and him are fighting, and then he uses Bakugo's powers to kind of like negate an, a punch attack, I guess. He brushes past Kaminari's hair real quick and then absorbs his power and then is able to block a few more punches with the hardness ability. So it was really neat. Like he's really quick on his toes.
1: Well, that wasn't Kaminari though, that was Kirishima. Kirishima is the dude that has the hardened power, that's the one that he steals in that scene.
0: Oh, that's right. So I think we've actually been kidding the names wrong again, then, because when we were talking about the electric guy earlier, that's Kimonari,
1: isn't it? Or that's Kirishima. That's Kirish. No, that's Kaminari's electric dude. Kirishima is the dude that has the hardening properties. Were we saying Kirishima earlier? I
0: think we were saying Kirishima (laughs) earlier. Yeah. So yet again, uh, it's my fault. We're messing up names.
1: (laughs) You're priming me to be a failure at the names as well.
0: Oh yeah, it's bad. I, like I they're all so close together for me that it messes me up really badly. They are. Uh, I mean but,
1: they don't do us any favors when like one of the characters' names is Jiro and then another character's name is Ojiro. Yeah. <laughs> and and Tokoyami then, and then Todoroki. They're they're very similar.
0: They are. And then I, like they could all just be named Tetsu as far as I'm concerned. Like That's true. if you if they were all named the same four names, I would know all of their names more than likely.
1: Correct. I, I agree because repetition <laughs> aids it's a it's a mnemonic device.
0: Right, right. Uh, so, But anyways, yeah, so they are able to kind of negate each other's attacks by Monomo copying their powers. And I think he says what? Like he has five minutes to copy their powers, and he can only copy one at a time?
1: No, I think he can hold on to two, but he can only two? use them for five minutes at a time. He might be able to hold on to a number of them, but he, for some, he only has like a five-minute time to use them.
0: Gotcha. I thought he could only do one at a time. Regardless, it's pretty awesome. Like he seems like a fun character. I'm surprised that he's not higher up in the rankings already.
1: Yeah, he's he's seems pretty low key, but he seems like a tremendous jerk too at the same time. So,
0: yeah, he does, but I mean, we also have Bakugo in this class. That's like true. I'm I'm going to keep going back to this weirdness where I don't understand who or how their powers got ranked because I feel like there are people in 1B that have pretty neat powers that are way stronger than people in 1A like Mineta.
1: You know. Yeah, I mean, you put Minoma in a room with people like Mineta, and Monoma sucks too, you know? Um, well, that's true. So that's his true. his is very conditional. His power is very conditional.
0: That's that's true, I guess. It's not like it's a consistent power, but I mean Midoriya is in one A and his is not consistent either. But but not his yet. has way more
1: potential too. Yeah. So there's Agreed. that. Yeah. Okay. You're right. All right, so we've got this this final showdown in, y- you know, when you when Tinya pulls off his move, when Ida does this move, I mean, we're in the final handful of seconds. That's why he pulls out this trump card um, and pulls this son off and kind of, you know, I think this whole episode is the last 60 seconds of the match, which is like, you know, the last five minutes of Planet Namek. It goes on for ever
0: for like uh, a full season. Yeah. Relative <laughs> to the time
1: that they say it is but these last seconds are winding down. Uh, Midoriya manages to motivate his whole team to kind of mount this last attack back at uh at Team Todoroki even if it's not to grab that 10 million point headband which of course would be the goal, it's to get some points in the hopes that it would be enough to score uh at least fourth place. But Bakugo seems to have uh a similar uh a similar idea in mind. He shows up on the scene, he's motivated his team, although he's <laughs> His motivation is a lot more slave drivery. Um, yeah, he's just like no barking joke. out commands and calling out, uh, th- like naming them very demeaningly <laughs> and diminutively.
0: Yeah. I love it because he names them a lot of kind of what I've been calling them, right? Like at least in the English version, there's Tape Guy, and he yeah. just calls them like, "Hey, Tape Guy, do your thing."
1: <laughs> yeah, he sounds like us in this episode. but yeah. he's talking. Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> so Bakugo gets everybody. They, they close ground on Todoroki. He channels the one for all. Todoroki's arm, uh, his left arm is put up in defense and it lights on fire, which we have not seen and weren't expecting to see because Todoroki's whole thing has been, I refuse to use uh, you know, the, the fire half of my powers because of an issue that he has with his dad.
0: Well, and you know, I think he was just as shocked that he used it as we were because he seems very taken aback by it.
1: Yeah, it was almost like a reflex that was an upsetting kind of reflex for him. Um, but...
0: It's just enough reflex to allow Midoriya to grab a headband.
1: He does. Um, it's not the headband, but it's a headband. It's a good start. It wasn't worth yeah. that many points. Um, no, c-
0: no, it, w- it definitely wasn't a worth enough to get them into the fourth place.
1: No, not not by itself. And we find out, I think Momo or Todoroki One says that they intentionally and, and very strategically kind of mixed up the order of the headbands because uh, Midoriya straight up says something like, I'm going to grab the top one because... Of course, it's the top one. He just took it from me. Um, right, like he just put
0: it on. It's got to be on top.
1: Yeah, and then, so they they come to the realization that the headband that they have definitely isn't the 10 million one, isn't enough to get them into fourth place. And then they, actually these all three of these teams, Bakugo is still in the mix here. Um, and then Todoroki's team and Midoriya's team all make this kind of last minute, last second, really move to try to score some final points. Uh, Bakugo is well within the top four but he wants that ten million because he's still aiming to be the number one, the the number oneest of number ones, right? I mean, he's, yeah, like he's he, trying to he be, wants to
0: be the winner without a doubt,
1: right? Then you get this high action intense scene where they're all kind of moving towards one another and then the buzzer goes off and that's it yeah and and you think no i got
0: i gotta say i gotta interrupt you here because i love the way that bakugo is trying to go about this his strategy since fighting monomo has been to like jump off of his cavalry horse and attack and then have uh i'm gonna call him tape guy bring him back and apparently that's completely legal and yeah. Miss Midnight doesn't say anything about it. Like I just love that. I thought that was a really cool way to be Bakugo without having to be,
1: you know, restrained in kind of. Yeah, Kirishima does not like that strategy one bit. Um but they No, get he away freaks with it. out. But yes. they get
0: away with it. Yeah. So I just I thought that was really cool.
1: So long as he doesn't touch the ground, Midnight says that it's fine. Right. Right.
0: Uh, But, you know, the timer buzzes right as they're all about to kind of attack each other. So he just hits the ground and it's kind of like womp womp.
1: Well, and I did notice I was quick to see that the game ends and it looked to me in that split second that Todoroki was wearing fewer headbands than he was just a second ago. So he still has the 10 million headband, the 10 million point headband because they take first place. But we find out that Midoriya's team, specifically Tokoyami um, in the, the little um, Dark Shadow, got a hold of another one of the headbands. We're not shown the exact second win, but somewhere along that way during that last successful charge, they, were, they managed to snag one more headband, which is just enough to get them into fourth place.
0: And of course, the moment that Medoria finds out, like water works, immediately yes. the guy is like spewing fountains of water
1: from his face. So my notes just say Medoria takes fourth place to move on, of course, and cries, of course. And then I ask, do people see his tears like we do? Because nobody else seems to be paying attention to this like water fountain of tears that are shooting up into the sky out of this kid's face. So I wonder if our visualization of the tears is the real. You know, what, what everybody else is seeing, if that makes any sense. It seems like a stupid question, but I, I wondered it and I wanted to share it with you because I care.
0: I, I don't think it's stupid at all. In fact, now you have me wondering, maybe that's actually his quirk and everyone's been in denial. <laughs> like maybe his quirk is just, you know, the waterworks. Like he can spew fountains from his eyes when he cries. Ted Cannon now. Yeah, but he, like no one wanted to tell him that he had just had a really really crappy quirk. Yeah. Like th- it was better to just say, "Look, you don't have a quirk at all." <laughs> and
1: we've we've talked about him being the cryingest kid ever for an episode yeah. after, you know, so it, it it fits, it fits. We also see it, there's a scene, I don't know if you took any notes on this, I was too busy laughing, cuz there's Tenya or Ida and Momo are talking about something, but all I can watch is Kaminari, in the, or, uh, is Kaminari in the background being a complete idiot because he expended too much electricity at the very end.
0: Now, is it <laughs> Kaminari or is it Kirishima?
1: It's definitely Kaminari this time.
0: Okay. Yeah, Kaminari is, uh, I think I mentioned it earlier, I probably called him Kirishima, but I meant Kaminari. He's <laughs> one of my favorite characters. Like, the dude just puts all of his eggs in one basket and then he's an idiot for th- however long. We don't really know, I guess.
1: So another thing that happens right here at the very end of episode 18 is that they show the druid lady whose name either uh, totally escapes me or hasn't been shared, but it's the one that we've been referring to as a druid. She's got, like, vines for hair. I think they did
0: say her name in this episode,
1: actually. In this episode? Oh, no, I think it's the next. Her name's uh, Shiozaki. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah. But she... There's this quick scene where they show her little vine hair strands or whatever going into the little cave that is made with Shoji's arms where Minetta and Sue are and, and her snatching Mineta's headband. And this doesn't make any sense to me because in this scene, both in the anime and in the manga, when, when she slips her little hair through that, that opening in, in Shoji's little arm, flesh cave thing um yeah
0: like his weird nutcracker
1: yeah so shoji his thing is again that he's got these weird arms and at the very end he can make them into whatever kind of appendage that he wants and in this when he's in defense mode he's all eyes literally he is all eyes so he's got four eyeballs back there how in the world did he not see their headband get taken because he's he's like what we lost our headband he has no idea Yeah,
0: I was kind of thinking the same thing. It seems so weird to me that Shoji did not catch on to that.
1: It is kind of cool, Uh, though, that at the very top of this episode, Mineta realizes that they've lost their headband, and he tells Shoji to go into full attack mode, at which time he goes from all eyes to all hands, which is a really sick move. I really liked that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. I like that a lot, too.
1: Then we get uh, kind of the resolution of episode 18 is um, a couple of conversations or a couple of... Conversations in Potentia—they're—they're they're going to happen. And the first one is that Todoroki pulls Midoriya aside to have uh, a little one-on-one conversation, kind of in a breezeway on the outside of the uh, of the stadium. We don't—we don't get any part of that conversation in this episode. And then Endeavor, Todoroki's father, and All Might have a strange encounter in the stairwell. Um, and that—I think that one is filled out a little bit more in the next episode as well. I think maybe in this episode, All Might suggests. Uh, sitting down to a cup of tea, and, and endeavor tries to blow him off. Um, we don't get the fruit of those conversations in in episode eighteen, but we do, and very much so in episode nineteen, which is called "The Boy Born with Everything." So these conversations, there is much to talk about um, when it comes to these conversations.
0: Definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, and before we move into the conversations, let's just list off the winners real quick from the cavalry battle. Uh, obviously, Todoroki's team took first place and then Bakugo took second place, which was kind of surprising. I thought that was interesting. Uh, they they kind of came back out of nowhere because there for a little bit, they were in last place.
1: Yeah, well, with a whole bunch of people, a whole most of the field had zero points thanks to Minoma and um, Bakugo at one point had a bunch. But uh, uh, right. you know, he lost his to Minoma and Todoroki had several as well.
0: Oh, yeah. And then it was kind of interesting because Present Mike is about to announce the third place winners. And he says, like, oh, look, third place, it's Tetsu Tetsu. And he goes, oh, well, actually, it's Shinzo. And and mysteriously, like, everyone on Tetsu Tetsu's team is kind of like, whoa, what happened to our points? And then Shinzo is just mysteriously winning. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, and Shinzo is the guy that I think maybe last episode or the episode before that – He had shown up to kind of investigate the Class 1A and figure out maybe what he was up against. And I think I had mentioned that I believe he has some sort of psychic powers.
1: Yep, and we're going to get a little bit more of a peek at what he's capable of in the next episode, in Episode 19.
0: Yep, and then you mentioned, of course, uh, Midoriya is in fourth place. So uh, that's who we've got heading into the next bit of the tournament, which we find out what that is in Episode 19. So let's dig right in, man.
1: Yeah, so let's let's talk about first this conversation between Todoroki and Midoriya. Yeah,
0: because I guess the setup is like you've got Midoriya and Todoroki in an alleyway and then assumingly somewhere nearby you have Endeavor and All Might in like a stairwell and it kind of goes back and forth between the two for probably the first 15 minutes of the show.
1: Yeah, at least 10. And it, it's explained
0: and that they're all on like a lunch break, I guess.
1: Yeah, there's a lunch break before the, what do they call it, the sp- sporting activities or something like this. Yeah, the side games. Yeah.
0: So it was interesting because, you know, Midoriya and Todoroki are standing there and they're just not saying anything to each other for like two or three minutes. And Midoriya is like, wow, this guy's the exact opposite of Bakugo. He's just cold and and intimidating.
1: Yeah, Bakugo definitely would have been reaming him up one side of the stadium down the other if, if he had been oh, on yeah. the other side of that breezeway.
0: Yeah. Uh, but we get quite a bit of interesting information here about old Todoroki He's kind of had what seems like um I don't know, a bit of a rough life, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah that that would be a tremendous understatement if that's what you said. Yeah. Um Yeah. So it starts off before we get to Todoroki's story, Todoroki posits what he thinks might be Midoriya's story. He talks about how uh he he had this up close encounter with Midoriya's power during the uh during the cavalry battle, obviously when when he channeled the One For All and put out Todoroki's arm fire. Um Todoroki's like, "I've felt that same power or pressure before coming from All Might. And so he just, there's this awkward pause and silence before Todoroki just straight up asks if Midoriya is All Might's bastard son.
0: Yeah. And in the, uh, in the English version, he asks if he is his secret love child.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I mean, that's what they say in the dubbed too. Um, yeah. And okay. again, it's fair. It's a fair question. It's a fair assumption because, this transference of quirk thing is totally off of everyone's radar because it's, it doesn't have a precedent as far as anybody is concerned. Obviously, there is a precedent because the one for all has been passed around for you know a couple generations at minimum, um, but it is an unknown precedent. And so they're, they're still trying to figure out how how it is that uh, Midori's power could so closely resemble All Might's.
0: Which is still really kind of cracking me up. Like the idea that with all of the quirks and powers in the world, none of them before have been transferable.
1: Yeah, it does seem... I mean, we
0: see, like, uh, Tetsu, Tetsu, Tetsu's power is basically the same as Kirishima's. So it seems like, you know, these powers can replicate themselves almost, or they're very, very close to each other. I'm just surprised that All Might's is so uh, unique, I guess.
1: True, or, you know, in... Maybe they're just not infinite. Maybe their combinations aren't quite infinite. And there, there is, I mean, there is a distinction to be made between, um, you know, a couple of these guys that have the similar powers, Kirishima and um, Tetsu Tetsu. They're similar, but they're not exactly the same. So even, even then, you could posit that there are an infinite set of quirks, but there might be just smaller differentiations between one and another. Um, Than we might want or would desire.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. I just, I still guess there's just a part of me that it
1: it shocks me that no one has even thought of this yet, you know? It is. I think that it's something that is growing more and more to be on the minds of more and more characters in the show at minimum.
0: It's interesting because Midoriya even says something like, no, that's not it at all. And Todoroki kind of picks up on it. It's like, well, with your phrasing, that means there is some sort of connection between the two of you. Yeah, he's sharp. You know, he he is really sharp, so I get the feeling to, It wouldn't surprise me if Todoroki or at least one of his peers figures out how he got his powers by the end of the season.
1: Yeah, and so we jump. Again, there are these parallel conversations taking place. So we jump from Todoroki slash Midoria to Endeavor slash All Might uh, in the stairwell, and Endeavor has some interesting things to say. And they're he's more a jerk man. Like straight the, oh yeah, up, totally. that dude
0: is awful. He even looks like a bad guy. I mean, he's, he does he looks like he what? does. He looks like he should be Bakugo's father, not Todoroki's. Yeah,
1: that's true. I mean, there are a couple of the teachers on the UA staff that I would say that look like bad guys. We've only seen um, a handful of them, but there there was a brief scene where this guy named Ectoplasm, I had to look him up, who's like this, he looks like a, I don't don't know how to describe him. He's dark, he looks like he's wearing a facial buttress, and his teeth are really big and
0: showing. Yeah, 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 I know who you're talking about. Yeah,
1: he looks like a bad guy, and he's on the UA staff. Um, So to be fair, I think
0: Aizawa looks like a bad guy. Uh, He doesn't not look like a friendly dude.
1: Yeah, that's true. Or at least he doesn't look like an on the up and up kind of guy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But Endeavor, it's not just what he says that's interesting. It's the way that he says it. So he starts talking about Todoroki because All Might brings it up and says, you know, your son is really doing some pretty impressive things out there. And, yeah, and it's actually
0: kind of a small jab too, because he's like he's doing great using only half his power,
1: yeah, there is a little bit of a jab there, and there's obviously some rivalry here. You're talking about the number one hero and the number two hero having a you know somewhat casual conversation in a stairwell, yeah, quote unquote casual conversation, yeah, <laughs> but endeavor's response is he says, "I will make that into a hero that will surpass you one day. That is why I created him, and yeah. when he said this, I immediately hit pause. And started typing, and I, and I, I typed out that I, I worried that for just a second that he was implying that Todoroki was some sort of test tube baby or possibly a genetic experiment in the mad scientist sense of the term. And there is precedent for that inside of the show with Nomu, who seems to have been genetically engineered um, or selectively created somehow.
0: Yeah, I was the same exact mindset as you. Like, I immediately thought, okay, he's a test tube kid that this guy made. Like, he mixed his powers with the perfect amount of something else, you know, like Powerpuff Girls or something. I don't know. Uh, but I had the same exact train of thought.
1: But then we we pop back to the other parallel conversation going on, back to Todoroki and Midoriya. And Todoroki's asking Midoriya if he's familiar with the term quirk marriages, uh, which are basically these arranged marriages that are arranged so that the product of the two quirks represented by the mother and father would be ideal, overpowered, um, unique, whatever the, you know, the term might be. And I called this earlier on. I, I said yeah, that definitely did. there was going to be some eugenics thing somewhere along the line in a world where one quirk plus one quirk equals those two quirks together. That there's going to be selective breeding, and that's exactly what Endeavor has done. And we we learn a little bit. We don't. Well, we don't learn a little bit. We learn we learn a whole lot about um, Todoroki's perspective on all of this. So yeah, he's, he even he's laying, says
0: that like this has been an issue with generations too. Like the first few generations, they were nothing but quirk marriages that were causing all kinds of
1: problems. I guess. Yeah, and and so he he's laying out his his story, um, and he talks about he gets to a point where he says that. His mother threw boiling water on him um, yeah, because which she could not like the fire half of him. Yeah. Um and, well, it, and he it,
0: even mentions that like all of his memories of his mother were just of her crying all the time. You yeah. Know? And it, it, because I guess he made it sound like Endeavor bought her from like a family, so like paid. I guess basically, it sounds like his mom was almost like a slave.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, I so this whole time we thought that Endeavor was the abusive parent. And we're we're hit with this idea that the mom is the one that actually physically assaulted him. Because I think we even mentioned that we we posited that he might have gotten that scar. It did look like a burn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we thought we got him uh, he got it from Endeavor. Um Yeah,
0: that's what I kind of assumed he like was beating Todoroki or something. Yeah. But no, it turned out his mom poured that boiling water on him. That that really shocked me. I did not see that coming at all.
1: Me neither. And and there's a whole lot of interesting kind of psychology at play here because even though his mom poured the boiling water on him, it's still his dad that he super resents. In the midst of that, in spite of that, it's still his dad that he has the major pro- the major problem with. And I think you're 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 hitting on it. Correctly, when when you say that the way they kind of talk about it, it's definitely underhanded. It's definitely, it definitely smacks of villainy because I, I don't think Todoroki views his mom's reaction as her fault. I think that he no, thinks I don't that, think so either. I think prim- I think he believes that primary fault lies with Endeavor's eugenics ploy as a vendetta against All Might, and that's all that it is. All Totoroki all Todoroki is is a weapon of vengeance against All Might. So there yeah. might not have even been any romantic love or attraction in this quote-unquote marriage, like you're pointing out. There might even been, there might even have been a transaction in this marriage because they do talk about how he was rich and powerful.
0: Like he could get anything he wanted, basically.
1: Yeah, and so all that we know about Endeavor up to this point is that he uses people. Um, he used Todoroki's mom to create Todoroki, and now he's using Todoroki to get back at All Might which is just this vengeful selfish plot to have to involve uh you know a woman that presumably is is his wife and uh a kid full stop a kid um that he's using to to in in an envious ploy and plot against somebody who is better than he is and yeah, it is it's, a tremendous mess
0: it it is it's bad and you know what's interesting is he you're right, like he doesn't seem to have any negative feelings or ill will to his mother, or if he does, he he hasn't really mentioned them yet,
1: yeah, I think he traces, like I said, primary fault right back to endeavor that the only reason that his mother had the reaction that she did to him is because of all of that uh, all that endeavor had done from. From however this marriage came to be arranged all the way through the quote-unquote creation, and that is the term that Endeavor uses for Todoroki. He traces primary fault straight back to his dad and has feelings of sympathy for his mom or pity for his mom, despite the fact that she scarred him for life.
0: Right, and I guess this is the reason he doesn't use his fire in, in battle at all, he wants to prove to his dad that he can basically beat All Might or beat anyone without having to use the powers that his father
1: gave him. Yeah, and so, so this that's is... that's pretty, pretty deep. I mean, that's pretty dark, you know? And this is something you and I kind of talked off-air about this briefly. If, if Todoroki really wants to be a jerk to his dad, right, and to really stick it to his dad... Why would he play into his dad's ultimate end, which is to become the best and, and upset All Might's number one place in the the hero rankings or whatever it is? Because that does seem to be Todoroki's aim in all of this. And I had said that that strikes me as, as somewhat odd, that if I were Todoroki and knew what I knew about my dad, that it seems like the best way to get back at him is to not do the thing that he wants me to do, right? But you had mentioned that It might even be an even greater jab to his dad to do exactly what he wants him to do, only with none of what his father had gifted him with. To kind of honor the memory in the person of his mother by using only her half of his inherited quirks. And I think that that is really sharp.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get the feeling that he would rather stick it to his dad by saying, well, like, I got here without you. You know what I mean? That seems to me like it would be the, like, because if he just didn't do anything with his powers, it's just kind of like, okay, whatever, I have a failure of a son. However, it would be really hard for his father to ignore him if he was the best, and if he was the best without using his father's powers, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's a, it's a different way of going about flipping the bird to his dad, for sure, which is, yeah. which is definitely what he's way. after.
0: It's a much, much more difficult path, but I think it's going to be one that's well worth going through. Like, I'm excited to see what happens with Todoroki here. He even promises Midoriya, like, hey, look, we're going to fight again. Like, we know we're going to fight again. We're both in the finales. And when I fight you, I'm not going to use my fire powers. Like I will knock you out using my ice powers, or he doesn't say ice powers, but my other half, I guess. Yeah. Uh, So, and this is kind of interesting too because I really loved this scene. Midoriya then kind of has this rebuttal of like, well, hey, you know, I've I've gotten here and I've worked hard, but I've kind of just gotten here with the help of everybody else. So it it you know yet again we are seeing this very heroic side of Midoriya where he talks about being who he is because everyone else around him supports him. And Todoroki doesn't really have that like at all, you know? So these are really kind of foiled characters. And I, I really like the relationship that's kind of starting to begin here.
1: Yeah. And though we did, de- we definitely get a little bit more character development for Midori, as you pointed out, he, he starts to reflect on those who have helped him get to where he is. He lists all might, his mom, Ochako, Aizawa even is on the list, Sue, Bakugo, is even on that list. Mei is on that list. Tokoyami is finally on that list. And he doesn't want to let any of those who have placed their hope in him down. And I think that's pretty heroic. I mean, it, it might not be the strict definition of a hero, um, but, to, but to, to shoulder the world in effect. And, and say, I'm not going to let these people down. I'm going to do what it is they believe I can do. Be the person I, that they believe I can be. Accomplish all that it is that they think I can accomplish. That there is something inherently heroic in that. Um, but I also like the fact that this is this is one of those moments in this show where somebody else gets a narrative, uh, story spotlight. This this Todoroki character, and it for for that. For the first half or more of this episode, Midoriya wasn't the main character in my mind. Even Midoriya says something to the effect of, if this were a comic, that guy would be the main character, based on what yeah. we had just heard.
0: Yeah, he, he does say, like, wow, that's very comic booky of you.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's, that's just cool. I like that this show is is developing characters, not just a little bit, not just sufficiently, but effectively and in, to a great depth, and we get that in this this conversation taking place in a breezeway a scene that is completely devoid of anything that could be remotely referred to as action um in a in a in an anime that is action oriented there is narrative beats that take place here that are that are awesome that are really building the show out in my own opinion um as as something worth tuning into it's not just about these punches that are thrown it's about the characters who are throwing them their motivations uh, again, it, co- it comes down to who they are, literarily speaking. And that this is a big draw for me. It's not just about the showy powers, although that's definitely cool. And we're definitely coming up on some times where we're going to get to see a whole bunch of that. Um, so there may be upcoming a break from some of this character development. And I'm I'm going to miss it because these moments in the show are some of my favorites.
0: Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. But I got to be honest, I'm really looking forward to the last round of seeing... The characters develop more from like a uh, power perspective. I want to know more about their powers. Like I think that will really kind of reveal some of their characters innately, if that makes sense.
1: Definitely, and you, and I think you're going to get your wish because the very yeah. back end of episode 19, it's revealed that the the last game for the remaining participants, these these final sixteen or sweet sixteen, is going to be one on one matches. That's kind of like the preliminaries to the tuning exams that we saw in Naruto. Um, yeah
0: it's even very similar to like the cell games almost yeah uh, it, de- it looks know, like they, that they, it does yeah they had this scene that i really i really love this character uh cementos yeah for some reason for him to be a throwaway character like i really really love him i don't know
1: why i have uh, a but- note in mind that just says oh just needs to send cementos to work with her parents because then she would just right? accomplish her goal without having to become the greatest hero she'd just be like dude my parents own a construction company you're perfect
0: Right, yeah, like it blows my mind that he's not working construction. It seems like it would be a lot more like efficient money wise for him, you know what I mean, yeah, uh, but who knows? We actually don't know what like I guess heroes make in this because they have they we know that the government pays them, but we don't know how much the government pays them if that makes sense,
1: yeah, so we you. don't even know that this you. is,
0: yeah, like we don't even know that this is a lucrative job for all, we know these people are doing it because they really want to help. They're not not because they can make a quick buck, which is kind of interesting, well,
1: but that's a whole other stuff to the hero yeah. idea too.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, but anyway, so we got Cementos who is building this awesome arena and it just reminded me of the Cell games or actually really any of the tournaments in Dragon Ball Z. Like it's identical to that arena.
1: Yeah, like the world tournament ring.
0: Right. I'm kind of interested in knowing if we're going to see any kind of
1: like reactionary t-
0: rings like Super Smash Brother rings or tournaments. You know, how oh, some yeah. of the levels like or like Pokemon kind of react?
1: Pokemon tournament rings that are like you know, themed, thematic, and right. and dynamic. They're not static.
0: Like, I kind of hope that that's what we see. Uh, but, you know, they made a quick mention here that last year's tournament was a tournament with foam swords.
1: Yeah, and I was watching the subtitled version, and they called it something, and I couldn't tell you what it was, but when you started talking about foam swords, you and I both took to Google to try to figure out what it was, and it totally was. It's was just like people, it's like LARPing. Sort of.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's literally what it sounds like. Like, they're pretty much just fighting each other with foam swords.
1: Not this year, though. This year, they're, they are unleashed upon one another, and it has rules very similar to the World Tournament from, like, Dragon Ball Z, where you can win by ringing somebody out or incapacitating them or getting them to, to give up verbally.
0: Yeah. Like, as long as you didn't kill them, you could pretty much do anything.
1: Yeah. So that's going to be even fun. Say... That's what we want. That's what Adam and Mike want.
0: Right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think they even say President Mike, who is kind of the announcer still, he says something like, we all have our own recovery girl here, so do whatever That's you right. want. Yeah. Like, no holds barred, you know? Okay. Even though her power could kill one of them. Because if they're hurt bad enough and she uses her power, it's just going to zap the rest of their energy, right?
1: That's true. So be- before we get into kind of the, the evolution of this, this next game, there is a throwaway scene that... Totally sold this episode for me, where Mineta and Kaminari, uh, they trick the girls from Class 1A into dressing up like cheerleaders.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're doing these weird side games, and uh, President Mike says, yeah, we, br- we even brought in cheerleaders from America to get your blood pumping. And then he's like, whoa, what is this? And it pans over, and it's the Class 1A girls, and they're all in the same UA cheerleading outfits.
1: Oh, man. I lost my mind laughing at yeah. this.
0: Be- it was funny.
1: Because, of course, perv's going to perv, but it, it wouldn't have worked if Mineta had gone to the Class 1A girls and told them that they had to dress up like cheerleaders. It wouldn't have worked. They would have been like, all right, Mineta, you're just a perv. We get it. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. yeah like, whatever, whatever. And Kaminari didn't really even say much. He was just back there as the hype guy going, yeah, you can yeah, even I ask think he, Professor Aizawa, think, you know?
0: Yeah, he was like, you don't want to get in trouble, do you?
1: yeah. And so the girls totally buy it. And Momo gets so frustrated because, number one, she fell for another of Mineta's pervy ploys. And number two, she says that she had to use her powers to create these cheerleading costumes, which should have been tip number one that they weren't required to wear them, that they weren't provided. <laughs> but she, right? So she uses her her little power to create these these uniforms for the rest of the class 1A girls. And I laughed my butt off laughing at that, uh, well, that in Minetta the Kaminari's ruse.
0: The Invisible Girl, like, loves the outfits, too. I oh, yeah, uh, can't she think she of what totally her name does. is, but she's like, oh, yeah, these are awesome. Like, thanks, Momo. Yeah, her name and, is
1: Hagakure, I think.
0: Right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but she cracks me up. She seems like she's just kind of a fun, like, butt-in kind of character. Like, we probably won't see much development from her, uh, but she has these fun quips that are always there in the background.
1: Yeah. And so before we even get to the, the bracket itself, we start seeing some people withdraw from the bracket.
0: Yeah, that was really surprising. Uh, Ojiro, who is, uh, the what do you call him, Sméagol? Smeagol?
1: Smeargol, yeah, like the Pokemon. Smeagol.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he withdraws, and he claims that he doesn't remember the cavalry fight at all up until the very end when he was winning. So yeah. he feels like he shouldn't, I guess, shouldn't compete in this, like he didn't actually earn it.
1: Yeah, for him, it was a point of pride. It was, I don't know how I got here, so perhaps I don't deserve to be here. So he, he withdraws. There was another guy from one of the other hero classes Yeah, I think his name was
0: Nirin Giki from uh,
1: Class 1B. Yeah, and they both suggest that Shinso might have messed with somehow their mind or their memory of the goings-on of the cavalry battle, and it unnerves them a bit. Um, So we still don't know a whole lot about this guy, about Shinso. Even Present Mike, when he goes on to introduce him a little bit later, even he says, uh, well, we hadn't really seen this guy do much, but apparently he's been quite active.
0: Well, and we have this weird scene. I thought it was kind of strange because they step down, and Miss Midnight is just kind of like, okay, well, you know, that's really naive of you. And she says something really creepy. She's like, your naivety really turns me on, but we're going to get someone to replace you. Like, she's a female grown-up version of Manetta, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they end up replacing her with people. They were going to use people from the fifth-place winners, but the fifth-place winners were like, no, nah, we really don't want anything to do with this. Like, I guess they just didn't really care that much. So then they pulled from Tetsu Tetsu's team. So that you got Tetsu Tetsu Tetsu, and we had mentioned her previously. Uh, she's like a druid lady, and her name's Shiazoki. Yeah. Yeah. So the two of them will now be competing. Uh, but the thing that really weirded me out is the fact that they're all standing there. They point out Shinzo and they're like, yeah, that guy messed with me. And nobody does anything about it. Like yeah. the teachers are just like, well, OK.
1: Yeah, there Tough should luck. there definitely should have been some sort of investigation uh, to these that's claims. That's what I
0: think, too. Yeah, like they should have kind of looked into it a little bit more than just, all right, well, that's what you want. I guess that's what we'll do. It just but, felt weird that they just brushed it off so so much to me.
1: Yeah, they they kept things clipping along. I mean, they they fill out the bracket. They get the people necessary from from some lower tiered teams, people that place, n- not even people that place fifth, but I think people that place sixth. Um, because wasn't the, the fifth place team, they were like, well, we, we shouldn't take it because we lost ours early, but Tetsu Tetsu's yeah. team really was like, fighting they were the towards ones- the end.
0: Yeah, like they, they fought the whole time, so they should get it. They did, like, the fifth team wasn't really interested in joining in at all. I think that was the same team in the very beginning that was kind of like, we don't even really want to be here. I gotcha. So I kind of get the feeling that they were just sort of wanting to go enjoy the side games or
1: something. So we've got very quickly um, kind of a brief. Introduction of how this bracket might sh- shake out. Not the entirety of the bracket. And we'll get to that in just a second. But the lineup so far that we're that we know of is Tetsu Tetsu is going to fight Kirishima, and they have the exact same powers or very very close powers. So are both the guys that their their quirk is to like harden themselves. Insert giggles here. And then you have Tokoyami <laughs> versus Momo, which will be an interesting kind of match. Tokoyami being the dark shadows guy, Momo being the young lady who has to expose her skin and can create whatever she wants out of it. Ashido, who is the acid pink. Horned lady.
0: Yeah, I think she goes by Mina, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, and then you have her versus Aoyama, who's the naval laser dude.
0: I expect him to lose within seconds. Oh,
1: I hope so. I hope, yeah, I yeah, I have some hopes about that one. So then we have Shinso versus Midoriya, um, who's the purple-haired, purple-haired dude is Shinso, the guy that we're having significant um, issues with right now. Todoroki versus Saro, who is the tape guy. Bakugo versus Ochako, which is an interesting matchup.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested in seeing the two of them kind of duke it out. And
1: that's, that is that 12 of the 16. The other four people that we know are in this still are Ida, Mei, who is that support character that was on uh, Midoriya's team, the Druid Lady, and Kaminari. And we don't know how they're going to be paired up yet. All we get really is a scene where Mei approaches... Uh, Ida and asks if he is Ida, so maybe she's trying to figure out who it is that she's up against who knows um but
0: yeah i know that you had mentioned that you think that the two of them are going to fight see i was under the impression that she wanted to find him to give him some sort of support device so because we see a scene where he's like chugging some drinks i'm wondering if maybe she's giving him something to help
1: boost his speed or something could be maybe she's engineered some sort of yeah some energy drink for him Yeah.
0: Did you have any, out of curiosity, like one on ones that you really wanted to see
1: that didn't end up happening? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if we're picking, like, classmates that I want to see battle one another, there are two that I, there are two matches that I would love to see. A couple of them could take place based on the field as they are right now. I want to see Momo versus Todoroki. Um, Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. Those two were both grandfathered in to UA, they didn't have to test in, they were just. Clept in, basically. I want to see those two go at it. I think that that would be an interesting showcase of, of powers there. Um, and then the other one is just more for, for kicks and giggles. I want to see Mineta versus Hagukari, or Hagukuri, <laughs> the invisible girl, because I want to see how yeah. Manetta would respond knowing full well that somewhere in the ring with him is a f- fully naked teenage girl. I want to see how he, he handles that l- situation
0: he would lose his mind. He would not be able to do this. Like, I don't, I don't think he would be able to complete the match. I think
1: that he would do this. If you've seen enough anime where you know that there's that trope within it, where when people get so hot and bothered that like blood erupts from their noses and it's like, Oh yeah. I think that that would happen and it would propel him out of the ring and he would just get ringed out immediately. That's what I think. (laughs) As soon as he saw the gloves drop off, he would just blast himself out of the ring. But I would, I would enjoy watching that. Nonetheless, what about you?
0: That's funny. You know, before we get on to mine, I do, I do have something that I, I've thought about. With uh, Hakakuri, if she was to get hurt in battle, do you think anyone would ever find her? Like, she's always invisible. It doesn't seem like her quirk can be turned on or off. So at this point, I, I kind of feel like she's kind of dangerous to have around. Like, you may never know where she is. You know what I mean? That is a
1: fair observation.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just This has happened to me in Pathfinder games before where I've gone invisible and then I go unconscious, but I'm still invisible for four or five more minutes. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like my character bleeds out and dies because no one can find me. So I'm just curious how that would shake out with her. Uh, But anyways, for my two, I really love the idea of Kirishima versus Shoji because they're kind of opposites. Like Kirishima's got the ability to lock his body down and then Shoji, that is Kirishima. That is Kirishima. Awesome. So, Kirishima is able to lock his body down, whereas Shoji has like this incredible strength. I wonder if he could break through Kirishima's quirk.
1: Mm, that would be interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I like the idea of that. Uh, and then the other one, I would be really interested in seeing Todoroki versus Tokoyami. Uh, the two of them were both... In, I mean, Todoroki was another one that did not have to apply to UA. He was just grandfathered in, or I guess just recom- came in on recommendation. Mm-hmm. So the two of them kind of going at it would be interesting. And I do have a prerequisite here. I would want to see it during nighttime. Uh, okay. Because I think that with uh, Tokoyami's Dark Shadow fully powered, he could probably easily take out Todoroki's kind of ice powers. Yeah, you
1: got my interest there, especially with the inclusion of the nighttime caveat. I'm in. I would watch that. Yeah.
0: I wonder if uh, the Dark Shadow is still super powerful at night if there are, like, LED lights around. You know what I mean? Like... Or not LED lights, I, I can't think of what uh, what they're called, but they're lights that replicate the same like UV rays that uh, the sun gives yeah. off. I, I wonder if the dark shadow
1: power is still super powerful if those are turned on. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe if, if Tokoyami took to the shadows that he might be stronger just for an absence or a lessening, a slackening of sunlight.
0: Yeah, like I wonder even like but even if there was something that replicated sunlight, if he would still run into issues. I don't know. Just cuz I'm thinking like Todoroki would never agree to a full-on dark in the middle of the night battle. More than likely, yeah. right? But like if there were lights on and it was just nighttime, would Tokoyami still have
1: the increase in power? I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll have uh some of our itches scratched before too long in the show. I don't know.
0: I hope so. I hope so. Uh, it would be really awesome to see that. As it is, though. Uh, but-
1: I know that Todoroki and Midoriya are only one match away from facing each other down the way that the bracket is set up. If they each win their first match, then they will face each other in the second round. But Midoriya has to get through this Shinso guy first. And Smeargal, um, o- uh, Ojiro, pulls Midoriya aside and, or, or covers his mouth with his weird tail thing. Um,
0: yeah like Shinzo's talking to Midoriya and Midoriya's about to respond and then Ojiro shows up and kind of covers his mouth and then we have this like cutaway so we don't hear what Ojiro was going to tell yeah
1: all we know is that he says don't answer him in that scene and there's an implication later on that a a longer conversation took place where Ojiro is trying to explain how he thinks Shinzo's Power works. So, my guess is that Shinzo's power requires kind of an open channel of communication, two way, where like he can't just initiate it with his own words, but he has to have his words reciprocated somehow. And then that opens some sort of pathway for him to get into your mind, like a bridge almost.
0: That's kind of what I was thinking too, like almost like a vampire, like you have to invite them in, sort of. Yeah. So by, by Midoriya responding, he's now engaged in conversation so Shinzo can take over. That's kind of what I was thinking.
1: So we have the beginning of this match, and Shinzo begins immediately by insulting Ojiro for bowing out, for stepping down. He calls him a monkey, which kind of hits kind of close to the truth, if we being real here, based on his tail and how he looks, um, and Midoriya opens his mouth uh, in frustration and anger. Um, in defense of his yeah, friend, telling
0: him, like, don't don't talk about Ojiro that way. And
1: then Shinzo just says something like, This match is mine. And, and that's, ba- and, and we see Midoriya kind of go wide eyed, white, W H I T E, white eyed, um, and stop moving. And everybody, like, Aizawa's commentating on it. The audience <laughs> is like, oh, you know, collective gasp. They don't know what's going on because the match has started. Midoriya sprung into action and then has immediately ceased operating. Um, and this is kind of where we're left we're left in the lurch of how this is going to settle out because shinso seems pretty sure that this is it and if he is some sort of mental manipulator he's probably just going to walk midoriya right off the end of the ring and be done
0: yeah and i'm i'm kind of interested in seeing cuz we haven't really seen his powers in action not i mean not really anyways like he's kind of been in the backgrounds like, how is Midoriya going to get out of this one? I have no idea. You know what idea. I mean? He, if he can't control his physical body, I don't know what he can do. And I also kind of wonder if Shinzo has the ability to read minds. Because if he does, then he's going to know one for all is passed down. And that could create oh, some serious complications. That's interesting. You know what so I mean? he
1: wouldn't just have the ability to manipulate him mentally, but to read him mentally...
0: Yeah. And I, at the moment, I really don't have any substance to back up that he has that ability. I just... Th- that's kind of a fear of mine, you know, that he would also be able to do all these other things. Like, he has to have some sort of access into his brain, otherwise he wouldn't be able to control it. Yeah. So... And I gotta admit, I'm kind of bummed that Shinzo and Midoriya are, are right off the, the, the cuff here, like... The idea, to me, that Todoroki and Midoriya would probably be the final two, I really liked that. Like, I wanted to see several fights that lead up to kind of like a Goku-Vegeta scene, you know what I mean? Uh, But we know with that being the second fight, like, either Todoroki's going to fight Midoriya, or he's going to fight Shinzo. Right. So... And then there are like two or three more brackets after that. So we know that it's not going to be one of those two in the final, the final fight, I guess. See,
1: I'm an instant gratificationist man. I'm like, what? I only have to wait one fight before I get to see Midori <laughs> and Todoroki square off. I'm in. Um, yeah, but this one fight will be three episodes. You sure. Know. And I do, I do wonder if Shinso were to advance, which I'm, I don't think that he will. Um, I don't know how Midori is going to get himself out of this. I just don't know that. I believe that he will lose. Um, but if Shinso were to advance, how long could his quirk go without being explained away to somebody else on the on the bracket? So like Midoriya loses, he snaps out of it. Why doesn't he just walk over to Todoroki and be like, yo, Smeargol Ojiro told me this. I didn't listen, and I can validate the fact that this is how this dude's quirk works. So all you have to do is not talk to him, and you'll win handedly, right? Um, it, it feels like there's a shelf life to that.
0: I agree. But see, if the show was going to do that, then they would have had him fighting Bakugo on the next round. So that way we know for a fact that Bakugo is going to lose. Oh, yeah. Because if he fought Shinzo, it would be like 0.3 seconds. That's true. There's
1: no way Bakugo would win in that fight no way no
0: no way at all so yeah i'm right there with you man i, I don't know i i'm interested in seeing how it's going to play out and that's exactly what i'm going to do i'm going to leave here in like five minutes and go watch these episodes i might
1: be right behind you man i, I really want to see how this how this shakes out and the faster i can move towards the totoroki midoriya showdown the better
0: absolutely so let's go watch those episodes
1: and we'll see you guys next all week right, you guys watch them too and we'll catch you next week
0: almighty podcast is brought to you by the back patio network you can follow us on twitter at almighty pod or follow at back patio net for all network news if you enjoyed what you heard go check out our patreon patreon.com slash back patio network you can help support the network get access to early episodes and lots of other great stuff if you want to get to know us come hang out in our discord channel we have lots of fun and would love to have you in there my name is adam and you can follow me on twitter at the real simso s-i-m-s-o